Welcome to the New Christian Podcast, where new Christians and seasoned Christians can get their questions answered. My name is Pastor Jim, and I'll be your host for this podcast. We'll be discussing a lot of different topics, such as how to read your Bible, uh, what it means to be a Christian in the world today, how do we live out our faith, and many other topics. Come and join us as we begin our episode. Welcome and thank you for listening to the New Christian Podcast. I am so grateful that you have subscribed and that you're listening. And also, please leave a comment on my social media so that I can see where you're listening from. You can reach me on my social media at facebook.com forward slash preacher Jim C, all one word. You can also watch some of my video. Uh, podcasts on my YouTube channel, also called Preacher Jim C. The way that you can subscribe to this podcast is pretty easy. You go to your podcast platform, either that be Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or Spotify, and you search for my name, James Chambers. There you will see the new Christian podcast. Uh, click and subscribe. Click that subscribe button and you'll receive weekly updates of the podcast as they come out every Saturday morning. Today's podcast is a special one because we are in the Easter season, uh, April of 2021. We are celebrating Easter this week and today I am recording this on Good Friday. You'll be hearing it on Saturday, uh, just before we have Easter Sunday. But uh, this podcast will be a special one uh, as I bring you an Easter message of the redemption that Christ and Christ alone brings to us. So let's get started. The true meaning of Easter, it, I really want to encourage you uh, as we uh, talk about this uh, significant event in Christ's uh, life and the reason really why he came to earth, the significant event and how we can misinterpret who Christ is sometimes. This week is known as Passion Week. Many of you are aware of this. It marks the week that Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday as day one, and it fulfills the prophecy that was written in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, which says, Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, daughters of Jerusalem. See your king coming to you, righteous, and having salvation, gentle, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, a foal of a donkey. See, and then we reach out and we see day two of the Passion Week, Monday, right? Jesus is clearing the temple of the money changers in this scene. This is told in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 22, in Mark chapter 11, verse 15 through 19, and Luke chapter 19, verse 45 and 48, and also in John chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. Then we move on to day three of the Passion Week. 
Jesus is going to the Mount of Olives. This is Tuesday. He's going to the Mount of Olives. Here Jesus is giving the Olivet Discourse, is what it's called, an elaborate prophecy about the destruction of Jerusalem and the end of the age. He speaks, as usual, in parables, using symbolic language about the end times events, including his second coming in the final judgment. Scriptures do indicate in Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 through 16, that this Tuesday was also a day that Judas Iscariot negotiated with the Sanhedrin, the rabbinical court of the ancient Israel, to betray Jesus, right? So uh, then we move on to day four. It's called Holy Wednesday. The Bible doesn't say what the Lord did on Wednesday of Passion Week. Scholars speculate that after two exhausting days in Jerusalem, Jesus and his disciples spent this day resting in Bethany in anticipation of the Passover. Then we move on to day five. Day five uh, is Thursday, and this is the preparation for the Passover and the Last Supper. It's called Maudie Thursday in some traditions. Uh, Holy Week, uh, this is a somber turn on Thursday in this, in this uh, Passion Week. Uh, from Bethany, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead to the upper room in Jerusalem to make the preparations for the Passover feast. That evening after sunset, right? Jesus washed the feet of his disciples as they prepared to share in the Passover. By performing this humble act of service, Jesus demonstrated by example how believers should love one another, as he says in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Today, many churches practice foot-washing ceremonies as part of their Maudi Thursday services. You see, then Jesus shared the feast of Passover with his disciples, saying in Luke chapter 22, verses 15, saying this, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins, for I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until it its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God, right? So then we move on to day six. As you're hearing this recording, I'm recording it on Good Friday, on the Friday of Passion Week. And this depicts the trial, the crucifixion, the death, and the burial of Jesus Christ on Good Friday. It is the most difficult day of Passion Week. Jesus' journey turned treacherous and acutely painful in these final hours leading to his death. According to scripture, Judas Iscariot, uh, the disciple who had betrayed Jesus, was overcome with remorse and hanging himself that early Friday morning. Meanwhile, before the third hour, about 9 a.m., Jesus endured the shame of false accusations, condemnation, mockery, beatings, abandonment, after multiple unlawful trials, he was sentenced to death by crucifixion, one of the most horrible and disgraceful methods of capital punishment known at that time. Before Christ was led away, soldiers spit on him, tormented him, mocked him, and pierced him with crown of thorns. Then Jesus carried his own cross to Calvary, where again, he was mocked and insulted by the Roman soldiers, nailing and nailed him 
to a wooden cross. Jesus spoke seven final statements from the cross. His first words were, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing, in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. And his last words were in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, when he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I want to stop here real quick, and I want to encourage you, if you have not seen the passion of the Christ, I would encourage you this weekend, before you go to Sunday service for Easter, encourage you to watch the Passion of the Christ. It will depict the week of Passion Week so vividly that it will bring you to your knees. Let's move on. Then, after about nine hours, about 3 p.m., Jesus breathed his last breath and died. By 6 p.m. Friday evening, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus' body down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. Friday's events are recorded in Matthew chapter 27, verses 1 through 62, Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter 15, verses 1 through 47, Luke chapter 22, verses 63 all the way through chapter 23, verse 56, and in John chapter 18, verses 28, all the way through chapter 19, verse 37. Then we come to day seven, Saturday. In the tomb, scripture teaches in John chapter 19, verses 39 through 40, it says this, he brought about 75 pounds of perfume perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish burial customs, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices in long sheets of linen cloth. Then we come to the resurrection, day eight, Sunday, Easter, as we celebrate it. Sunday's events are recorded in Matthew chapter 28, verse one through 13, in Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 14, in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 49, and in John chapter 20, verses 1 through 23. You see, so as we reflect on this week, I want to share with you the, ri the, risen, the reason this is so acutely vital to us. In Paul, Paul's letters, he shows us the reason why God came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ and why Christ had to die for those that believe in him. In Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 23, Paul says this wonderful passage. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried 
with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death is no longer is master over him, for the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Verse 12, Therefore, do not let sin reign over your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be mastered over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then, Paul says, shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when, you're pre present, when you present yourself to someone as a slave for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that through you, were though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching that which you were committed and have been freed from sin. You became slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you present your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Verse 20, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit 
resulting in sanctification and the outcome of eternal life. And then verse 23, crucial. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. As we celebrate this week, the Easter on Sunday, let's examine how the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ makes possible God's gift of eternal life. You see, in the words of the Apostle Paul, this is certainly an indescribable gift. He says it in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The fact that God the Father would give his own son to die on our behalf is unimaginable. How could we as sinners even deserve such a gift? The fact is, we don't. Paul reminds us of the severity of the consequences of our sin and the amazing gift we have been given. We must never take this gift for granted. The beginning of, of the passage focuses on the temptations to believers that since our sin has been paid for in full, can, we can live however we please. It doesn't say we can live how, however we please. It really doesn't. But we are not to treat salvation like a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? In the classic Monopoly game, this get-out-of-jail-free card, that's not what we're to do, and we're not to treat our salvation like this. Salvation does not mean freedom to live any way you please. Hear me on that. Notice Paul's exclamation in Romans chapter 6, verse 2. He says, By no means, as a believer, we enter into the death of Christ. And in verse 5, he says, We declare ourselves dead with him so we can share in his resurrection. And in verse 7, he says, As our old self is crucified, we end our allegiance to our sinful nature, eliminating it its control over us. Through Jesus, we have given, we've been given freedom not only from the consequences of sin, but also from sin itself. We are no longer enslaved to sinful powers. It doesn't mean we no longer sin. Hear me on that. Just because we are free from the penalties of sin, it does not mean that as believers we stop sinning. Scripture is abundantly clear on this. It just means we are no longer slaves to it and can overcome with the help of God. Paul talks about breaking the habit of being a slave to sin. Instead, we are to refocus our obedience on righteousness. His use of the phrase, the patterns of teaching emphasizes that we are to follow a new pattern with our lives, forming new habits as a result of Christ's transformation. This indescribable gift as a transformation, as, as transforming effect on those who accept it. So what does this mean for us? 
How do we apply this to our word on this Easter of 2021? Have you accepted the gift of eternal life? Today's verse is a beautiful depiction of this indescribable gift of God and tells us eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to verse 23 again. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul's letter to the Romans shows us a great picture of Christ's sacrifice on our behalf and what it truly means. I'm going to run through some scriptures and I want you to listen carefully. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 18 says this, As it is written, There is no one righteous, no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. No one. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the ways of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Listen to Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that comes by Jesus Christ. And then Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then he culminates it with Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, when it says this, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, and the same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who come, uh, who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. As you worship this Easter Sunday, take time to thank God for that indescribable gift. And if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's no better time than today. Let me pray for you on this Easter season. Father, we come before you today humble at the indescribable gift that you sent your son Jesus Christ to suffer and die on a cross for our sins. But the story's not over there, Lord, not over at that point, Lord. You raised him from the dead 
so that in trusting in him and in that crucifixion and in the blood that was shed for us, we can be saved. We can have eternal life present in heaven with you, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for that gift. I thank you for all those within the sound of my voice may hear that gift, may surrender to that gift, and may give themselves to God eternally. It is only through Jesus Christ we know, Lord, that we can be saved. No other religion, no other faith, no other man, no other God other than the Lord Jesus Christ. May, may we be saved. Father, we declare that, we pray that, and we give you all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the uh, New Christian Podcast. Hey, and don't forget, this message is gonna be sent out tonight, Friday night, on April 2nd, Good Friday. I'm gonna be preaching this message tonight live on my Facebook page if you'd like to watch it live and you can share it with your friends. Uh, uh, it's gonna be uh, April 2nd, today is the day of this recording. Uh, and you can actually, since you'll be hearing this on Saturday, go to my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Preacher Jim C, and you can go ahead and watch this message with your friends. You have a blessed week and a happy, happy Resurrection Day. I want to thank you for joining me on the New Christian Podcast today. And if you have any questions or would like help with anything, uh, feel free to contact me on my anchor.fm uh, dashboard, uh, my Facebook and Twitter. Uh, links, links are there. And you can also reach me if you uh, are on YouTube and you search Preacher Jim C. My YouTube channel will come up and you can message me there. Uh, and I want to thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.